Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. All right, thank you for joining me today and we're up to priorities, how to create space in your busy week. Um, as I've mentioned in many episodes, jump all the way back to episode 53 where it all began and work your way through the journey to get on the same page and let's get stuck right into it because we're now going to create some space in our busy week and I'm going to be going through four areas of where I've had to get my act together and to reprioritize because the reality is that time management issues or overwhelm or all those things that are connected to it are symptoms, they're not actually problems. And the key problem that you're dealing with if you have time management issues is priorities. And so in order to uh, get yourself um, to a place where you have some space in your week and to reduce that overload um, is to understand and organize yourself so that you can prioritize and so you can know what your priorities are. So let's get stuck into it. I'm going to cover four areas today. So those four areas are think, plan, focus, and rest. All right. So I'm letting you know right up front. And each of these are, uh, each of these points have a couple of kind of sub points, which I'm going to go through right now. So the number one way to create space in your busy week is to think. And I've put this first, and these are totally in the order that they need to be in. Um, you need to first think. Don't try and do any of the other ones before you do, like don't try and do them out of order, which is something that you know we can tend to do. Don't try and jump ahead. The first thing that you need to do is think. So what do you need to think about? Well, I did touch on this a little bit in episode um, 55, where I started talking about the priorities and the foundation um, the foundational truths about time management and busyness. So go back and listen to that if you need to. But it's all about the big picture, okay? So if you have not ever sat down to really think about the big picture, then you will, your priorities are naturally going to be out of whack because the reality is that with priorities, priorities are always relevant to something. So if you think of, I'm just going to make this up on the spot. If you think of priorities like a magnet, I don't even know if this analogy is going to work, but if you think of priorities like a magnet, oh no, not a magnet, a compass. That's what I'm thinking of, a compass where you've got like, so you know on a compass you've got true north, right? So if you don't know what your priorities are, then it's like your compass is kind of like pointing it's going to be pointing in a direction that is not true north. Now you might have a little bit of an idea of your big picture, but if you're not really clear about it, you could just be going like a tiny little bit off track. And the reason that I originally said magnet is because I was thinking, you know, if you put a magnet near a compass, it will actually skew it off track. And so I don't know what the magnet is in my analogy, but let's just go with that. So let's just say, so if you're not clear on your big picture, then your priorities are 
they're going to be skewed. There's no way around it because your priorities get determined by what your big picture is, by your being clear about your vision. And so that's the second point there. So you've got to think about your big picture, but then the next thing you need to think about is your vision and your values. So, you know, everyone's heard that a business should have a vision statement and a mission statement and a value statement. Well, it's on some level, it's actually true. So there's like, there's a reason that people do that. And that's because it points them towards their, their right direction. So when you're clear on your big picture, you'll know, okay, well, if this is where we need to get to, then this is the gap. And these are the things we need to do to get there. Um, and so that's part of, part of that is your vision. So your vision is like where you want to get to and why, and your mission is how you're going to get there. And then your values are like, you know, the, your values pr propel you along the way and values are something that, you know, if you recognize it in yourself and in others, you know, you'll connect, you'll be able to connect with other people who share similar values to take you closer to your goal and it will help you to prioritize again. So once you understand your core values, then you will actually know what your priorities are. And once you know your big picture, you'll be able to break your big picture down into smaller parts um, and you'll know what you need to be spending your time on. It will eliminate all of this ex extra, you know, guesswork and things like that. And so, you know, the, the third and final point in thinking is about thinking time. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really like to think. Like, I like to think like just like random idle thinking, the, you know, the thinking that just goes round and round in your head. Like, I like to think stuff but I don't necessarily like to go and specifically sit down and intentionally think about things. Like, I don't know why, but I'm just not wired that way. And so for me, putting a practice in place of actually thinking um, has been really helpful. So the reason that we don't like to think is because thinking is hard. Thinking is an intellectual process and it takes effort. And it actually means that we have to put aside time for thinking. And as I said in episode 55, time doesn't just create itself. Time doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It actually needs to be created, which is why I've called this how to create space in your busy week. Because if you don't create that space, it's not just going to appear. So it's same goes for your thinking time. If you're going to be thinking, um, you need to set aside some time to think. And I can't tell you what made the biggest difference in my business was after I read a book with a very funny title, it's called The Road Less Stupid. And so this book, oh my gosh, like Keith J. Cunningham is a funny guy. Like, so he's got an audio book called The Road Less Stupid, um, Advice from the Chairman of the Board. And it's an audio book. So I listened to the audio book, but I also bought a copy of the Kindle book because I like to sometimes highlight things and read along, whereas you can't really do that in, a, in an audio book. And so it's funny, like he's an American guy, like a, I think he's a Southerner. And so he's got that drawl and, you know, he's quite a character. So if you can kind of, you know, if you can go along with, um, you know, the character and he's quite hard hitting and very direct in what he says. But if you can have a listen to this book, I can tell you this book really helped me in that, you know, he, through reading that book, I, I actually learned that I need to set aside time to think and I need to think about very specific areas of the business. And so after I 
started to read this book and I started to set aside this time to think through the things I needed to think about in the business, it made a really huge difference. Um, I'll tell you some of the things that happened to me, like what I act, like literally got out of reading this. Um, so, you know, I started to realize, like I already knew that I avoided thinking and I already knew that it was hard and I already knew that I was making very stupid business decisions. And I knew that because my, the results weren't actually what I wanted. You know, I had um, staff turnover um, and, you know, put, like pushing very hard to meet sales targets and all that kind of thing. And yeah, like just things were just out of whack. Like there were certain areas where I felt that I just wasn't getting anywhere um, and there were other areas where I felt like the business was doing really well. And so when I set aside this time to think, it helped me to see areas in my business where I wasn't taking responsibility and I wasn't setting a standard and then holding others accountable. And I was expecting people to um, get on board with my vision because I, I thought I'd got that bit down packed. But what I didn't realize is that there, I was trying to outsource tasks that I'm responsible for myself. Um, so I'll just give you an example of one of those. Like, um, one of the things that I was hoping would happen is that someone would just come in and develop all my processes for me. And the reality is that until you have a team of people who actually understand what processes they're meant to be developing, it's not just going to happen. And so what happens is that we throw money and people at problems. <laughs> I don't know where I got that saying from, but someone said it to me a couple of weeks ago and I was like, that is what I did. So what I kept doing was I kept hiring people. Um, I wanted, um, what did I want? I wanted my team to like, I wanted them to jump in and like create my marketing messages and things like that. Like I was felt like I was too busy for all of these things. Um, I want, yeah, I wanted people to create my processes. I wanted people to come in and create my content, like my learning content. And it's like, Amy, like you are the pioneer in this business. You need to actually create these things and then, you know, and then hand them over to people. So I realized that I was just hoping and dreaming that this magical person would come into my business one day, that this ideal staff member would come into my business and they'd just kind of go, oh, I'll do that for you. Now, I must say that I am very lucky in that I do have team members who do do that to some extent, but I still need to um, take responsibility for developing things like the company value proposition, the company vision and the, the, the mission statement. I need to sit down and develop my business plan. I need to sit down and think, what is the big picture? You know, where are we um, leading people? Where, like, where are we taking the business? What are my personal goals? Like how much money do I want to make? And what do I need to earn? And all of these different things. Like I was hoping that someone would come in and do this. And that is actually a complete fantasy that's never going to happen. And so when I was listening to Keith talking about this, he just calls you out on it. He's just like, okay, like that's dumb. Like that is stupid advice. And he'll just call it out. He'll just go like, if you do this, then that is stupid. Um, and he says, so I'm going to teach you how to be less stupid. And the only way to be less stupid and stop making stupid decisions and getting negative results is to actually take aside time to think. Set aside, you know, I think he starts off with like setting aside, I think it's like 45 minutes where you do 30 minutes of thinking time and then 15 minutes of summarizing. Now, I don't follow that to a T um, and you don't have to either, but you do need to set aside some time to think and some time, some time to work on your business plan and your strategy and to work out how you're going to get from A to B. And even to work out what A and B is, <laughs> work out where you are now, where you need to get to, what is the gap 
in getting there. And so once you're really clear on that big picture, then you need to go into the next stage, which is to plan. That's the next thing you need to do. So number two is plan. And so, um, so when it comes to planning, there is all different kinds of planning. So um, really you've got your big picture planning. So um, that's where you're planning, like where the strategy is going to go. So you're not just thinking about things, but you're actually writing things down and you're designing the way that you want things to go. So that's your big picture planning. And then you've got your routine planning. So you've got daily planning and you've got monthly planning. Um, you've got quarterly planning, you've got annual planning. And so, you know, the practical thing that you could do right now to deal with item one and two, so think and plan, is I want you to open up your calendar right now and I want you to actually schedule in some time. I want you to schedule in, so I'll tell you what I do. I have 30 minutes every day for daily planning. Now, it doesn't always go according to plan. Some days I don't. And I've replaced my email checking time. So I have... I do not check my emails first thing in the morning. The first thing I do in the morning is my 30 minutes of daily planning. So that is looking at um, my, you know, looking at my week, scheduling things into my calendar, um, and then making sure that everything that's getting done this week is related to the things that are high priority. And because our priorities can shift, and they can shift quickly, especially when things happen to impact the business, your priorities shift as well. And that's why you need to do your daily planning so often. Um, once you've done your initial thinking, like you still need to do that, but you still need to schedule that in. So like put in some time, even if it's just once a week. So what I do is I do my daily planning uh, Monday to um, Thursday, uh, Monday to Friday, I do my morning planning, except on Friday morning. So on Friday, I do a bigger block of time and I work on my business plan, um, the bigger picture plan. And so you need to schedule that time in, otherwise it just isn't going to happen. And so I want you to put that in right now. So like this is the number one thing. You would have heard about people who do calendar blocking. Um, I'm actually going to run a, a, I'm going to run a workshop on that. So if you'd like to register for that, it's going to be the savvybookkeeper.com.au forward slash calendar. <laughs> um, no, sorry, sorry, not calendar. Um, priorities, please don't go to that. The savvybookkeeper.com.au forward slash priorities. I'm going to actually do a priorities workshop where we're going to work through specifically some of these things. Um, calendar blocking will be a big part of that. So we're going to go through and actually structure your week properly. Um, so the next area that you need to deal with is your focus. So once you've dealt with thinking and you know your big picture and your vision and your values and you've set aside your, um, you know, you've spent some time thinking and then you've, you've started to plan. You don't have to plan the whole thing out, but you need to start to plan and, you know, accept the idea of calendar blocking. And then we're going to go routine planning. Um, and, you know, you've got your daily, your weekly, your monthly, your quarterly, your annual, your big planning. Um, and then from there, you'll be able to focus on focusing <laughs> number three focus so focus goes into a few different areas but once you've got the last two things sorted out um, or at least clearer then you'll be able to work out what to focus on so when i'm talking about focusing so you would have heard about that um uh, mate it's a matrix so you might not have heard of the name before but it's come from the seven habits of highly effective people um by stephen covey so Supposedly, that's an, an awesome book. I've never read it um, personally, but um, I've got it, but I've never read it. Um, 
So I do buy books and not read them, but I've heard that it's really good. So I'm not recommending the book. I'm just telling you about supposedly this is where this concept gets talked about. I don't think Stephen Covey didn't actually come up with this. It's called the Eisenhower matrix. So I don't know if that means that Eisenhower invented it, but all I know is that I'll include a link for it. You can check it out. You'll know what it is as soon as I talk about it. It's that matrix that decides if something is important or urgent. Now I really struggled with this. And if you want to listen to me telling my whole story about the struggles that I've, the personal struggles that I've had with organization and getting my, um, you know, organization together, you can listen to um, episode 56 um, and you can listen to me tell my personal story about that. I really struggled and, you know, to, to figure out what, what is important? What makes something, you know, people would always just say, just categorize it as important or urgent. And I'm like, but what makes something important and what makes it urgent? And so I was working with a lady, she was actually on my team for a season, uh, just a beautiful person. And she came in and she helped me with this stuff. And I was like, how do you know if something's urgent? And she said, well, it's got a time frame on it. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Well, what about important? Like, how do I know if something is important? Because it's like, I don't know, like, you know, as you'll hear me share it when I share my story, um, my brain doesn't work that way. So um, for me, like something is that's important is something that feels good or something that's easy or something that I like. Um, unfortunately, that's not how importance works. And when I started to understand um, how all of this kind of connected together. So what she explained to me was she said, well, it's important if it directly leads you towards your goal. And I'm like, right, okay. And the interesting thing about that, this, which is what I was talking about at the start, that big picture being the compass, is that the goals change over time. So if my goal for the quarter is to bring on more clients, if that's my number one priority, then my importance will be determined by that. Whereas if my um, priority is to reduce my work hours and allow my staff to take over, then my, my priorities are gonna be different. So what I consider is important or not important, or even urgent and not urgent, they're going to change depending on, on, on what the thing is. This was a huge eye opener for me, I just thought, Oh my gosh. Wow. That like that actually changed so many things for me because I realized that the reason that importance and urgency seems to be like moving goal goalposts or didn't seem to make sense is because they are moving goalposts and the goalposts move when we don't know what we're meant to be focusing on. And once we know what we're focusing on, it becomes really, really clear. Um, and so, you know, this is something that I can now help you with because obviously I've made those distinctions and I've figured out a way to actually do that. And so I just, yeah, I really hope this is helpful for you to be able to know that that's what it means to categorize something as important or urgent. So we might think something's important, but is it like, is it heading towards the specific outcome that we're trying to achieve for this season? So the next part of focus is about distractions, eliminating distractions. Now, this is going to be a huge, um, huge shock for you. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I can tell you now, I love distractions. Like, I love distractions so much that I will even go looking for distractions. So if I can't find a distraction or if I'm not getting distracted, I'll, I'll distract myself. 
I don't know if you can relate to that, but if you can <laughs> listen to my last episode, you'll understand why. But if, if you, if you're fine, if distractions, you know, don't bother you, then, you know, maybe you're okay with it. But let me tell you one of the biggest distractions that you'll ever have. I used to think to myself, I used to think that it was a strength of mine and maybe at one point in life it was, I used to think that it was a strength that whenever someone gave me a task to do, I was totally cool with getting interrupted and I would just do it on the spot so I didn't forget. And after a time, I realized, like, and I guess this is through transitioning from an amateur to a pro. Um, listen to episode 53 if you want to learn about that. Because for me, I decided that I want to be a professional and guess what? Reacting to every distraction to do the thing because you don't want to forget it that is actually, it might seem like a strength, but it's actually leading to your demise. I don't want to sound like over the top or like I'm exaggerating, but seriously, it is. And this is something that, you know, like I prided myself on this for many, many years that I could multitask and that I could just take on any distraction and then, you know, deal with it and then come back. But guess what? Every single distraction is slowing you down and every single distraction is taking you out of your momentum. And so what you need to do if you want to focus is you need to maintain that momentum. The way that you maintain the momentum is learn to recognize distractions for what they really are. And sometimes the, the problem is sometimes distractions, they're not, sometimes distractions are annoying. It's like, go away. I'm trying to focus. But then there's the distractions. It's like, Hey, distraction, how's it going? Like, you know, there's this distraction that comes in and you're like, um, yeah, let's chase that shiny thing. Distractions. Let me give you a few examples of distractions. A software program that you're not using already. A, like a bookkeeper goes, hey, I'm using this software program. And you're like, oh, oh, what does it do? What does it do? <laughs> um, what's another distraction? Um, a staff member needing help with things. A friend calling you uh, during work hours that it's like, oh, what a relief. I could have a break and go have a coffee with my friend. I love coffee. Um, it could be something like, you know, like it could be uh, like one of, for me, one of my distractions is that I have a team member who I just love chatting to and hanging out with, but it has become a distraction. And so I had to set some boundaries. Around that. And so setting boundaries around distractions is, um, you know, that, that that's one of the, the next points in, in focus it's setting some boundaries around your distractions so how do you do that well you get on top of your big picture and you do that by spending some time thinking and you understand your vision and values and you block your calendar and you set some times to do some routine planning and you figure out what you need to do to get to where you need to get to and you figure out what's important and what's not important and what's urgent and what's not urgent and then you hit snooze notifications yeah, that's, that's what setting boundaries is. It's setting boundaries is like, I'm not going to respond to this right now. And it takes practice and it's not always easy because sometimes distractions are good and we want them. And if we don't have them, we might make some ourselves. Um, you know, another thing, a distraction could be like, oh, I'm just going to set up this thing or whatever. Like it can be anything. So Setting boundaries is really important. Um, so he, I'll give you two examples of some boundaries that I'm going to talk about um, in this last section of focusing. So the two, two main boundaries I can think of that I have started to um, set up is A, doing things, similar things together. And number two, and you're going to have a f complete freak out when I tell you this, stop, 
stop checking your emails. Now, I don't even want to hear the, the defensive response because I'm going to go quickly, quickly, just go back to this doing the similar things together. So you would have heard of batching. Everybody's heard like, you know, like do your calendar blocking and do batching. So that's what doing similar things together is like batching. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, so, you know, when you're blocking out your calendar, if you figure out like what you need to do is you, this is something practical you can do now as well. I want you to make a list of every single thing that you do throughout your week and then group them together and then work out what things are like other things and then block out pines to do those things. I know it seems so obvious that we could have missed it, but it really is so helpful because the reason to do similar things together or to batch them is that you're in that mindset. Now I can tell you that when I am in a creative mindset, um, I don't want to be interrupted. I don't want to get out of my flow. I want to really deeply think about things and to create and bring things out into being. I want to be able to focus on them. And so I realized that when my staff send me messages all day long asking me to check things, because I was one of those like super productive people that was able to be distracted and just do it on the spot so I didn't forget. Well, I realized I was frustrated because I never got to get my work done. I never got to get the things done that I wanted to get. And guess what I learned after I started blocking out times that my staff were allowed to contact me? I also realized that they don't like it when I do that to them as well. So it's actually been good for them as well, um, for them to know, all right, Amy's available during these times and not available during these times. There's another thing that's really important to do similar things together. I'll, I'm going to add in another point in there. And that is to do things when your brain likes doing them. So for me, I used to find myself dreading afternoon mentoring sessions. And I started to realize, I used to feel bad. I was like, oh, I feel bad that I don't want to meet with my clients. And then I started to realize it's because I, in the afternoon, I'm very engrossed in creating and also like quite analytical detailed things that I just zone into and I can't zone myself out. So if I have to stop that and like communicate with a human being, it's like my brain just doesn't like that. And so I realize I'm really good in the morning. I can have meetings in the morning. I can chat to people. Um, and I love speaking to them and I can go through and help them with whatever they need help with. And so that's, that's what I did. So I set some times where I only do mentoring on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And that leaves my afternoons free, helping the team, like do all their bits and pieces or to do my own work, to create things, to create content, to design the podcast, to record the podcast, you know, to, and, and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, and then I've obviously set times for my bookkeeping clients where I go through and I give my attention to them and, you know, to scatter those things throughout the week. And by doing similar things together, it means that I'm in a certain type of mindset where I can continue on to be as productive as I possibly can. And then the last one, as I promised, please don't hate me. Um, stop checking your emails. Like, I know you're going to be freaking out thinking, but if I stop checking my emails, like my clients are going to freak out. And it's like, well, you have to retrain your clients if that's the case or get better clients. Um, but I think... The other thing is you probably haven't realized that the clients, do, there might be some who do want you to reply straight away, but it's only because you've trained them that way. So you need to untrain your clients. And the way that you do that is you tell them, this is your time. Each week, you have me from 9am till 12 o'clock on a Tuesday. And that's your time. That's when I'll respond to you. 
Um, because the thing is, what you'll realize when you stop checking your emails, like you can check your emails. I check my emails. I check my emails like two times a week. And I have a very specific routine for checking my emails, which I will also be going through in my um, priorities workshop. Um, so if you want some help with me on learning the routine that I follow for checking my emails, it is so good. And I can tell you this routine will help you to not have to check emails. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, oh, but I've got this fancy software program that manages everything. I can tell you this is better than a software program because this is going to retrain your brain in a new way. And you can still use your fancy software program to organize the things, but I'm going to teach you a way of checking your emails that is going to just give you, well, I can guarantee it will gain you back at least a couple of hours a week. And you'll also be much more productive that you'll start to get through the things that you actually need to get through so that you're not really pressured when there's deadlines coming up and things like that. So yeah, stop checking your emails. And like the tip that I'll give you for free <laughs> is um, in that time, so what I want you to do is open your calendar and where you've put in that daily planning, I want you to put that in. That's where you normally check your emails, right? So you normally go to work, you sit down at your desk, eight o'clock in the morning, 8.30 or whatever, and you check your emails. And then from there, your day just like spirals out of control and you go off doing all of these things. And then the day is all of a sudden over and you're like, what did I even do today? So the reason for that is because you check your emails in the morning. So just, if you can do this one thing and then let me know how it actually helped you, just don't check your emails in the morning. I never, ever, ever check my emails in the morning anymore. And it has actually changed not just my business, it's changed my life. I'm not exaggerating. Checking your email. So do your planning time in the morning, plan your week, prioritize what you need to get done for your business first and included in that process, you can schedule out time for doing things for clients and then check your emails in the afternoon. Look, I'll allow you a little bit of leeway, like a few people that I've worked through their email process with them. I've allowed them to check their emails after lunch if that's as far enough in the afternoon as possible. I check my emails, I'm going to admit to you, I check my emails at the end of the day when it's time to finish work. And then that way, I don't have to deal with anything in that email until tomorrow. <laughs> um, and you might be saying, well, what if it's really urgent? Guess what? It never is. You know, the thing that you'll start to realize is that usually the, when, the, when your clients email you at all these ridiculous times, they're just emailing you when they have their free time, you know? Clients don't go around thinking about their bookkeeping or bookkeeper 24-7. I was about to say 25-7. Everyone needs an extra hour in the day. Um, but I really want you to start to understand that people aren't as demanding on your time as you think they are. They're only, they're only actually responding to what you've trained them to do. If your clients, I'm not saying like, look, there are some clients who are ultra demanding and that's not your fault, but mostly... It is your fault. No, I'm just kidding. Mostly it's because we've trained them that way because we've got such high expectations on ourselves. We think that other people expect the same from us and they don't. And so this is going to help you. This is going to help you to stop having autoresponders. Please don't have autoresponders. Like, yeah, I, I didn't mean to bring this up now, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's really important. So obviously I've got a large amount of bookkeepers who I email every week or, you know, probably I'm not that consistent. So let's say every now and then <laughs> I email, uh, you know, my database of bookkeepers. And what happens is when I email them, I get back all these autoresponders and they say, Hey, I'm just letting you know that I'm not going to, 
like I'm going to respond to your email within 48 hours. I can tell you, I know people do it because they're trying to let the client know this is the reason I'm not getting back to you right now. But my experience of that is that it, what it communicates to the clients is that you can't handle your emails. Like that to me, that's what it says rather than, um, yeah. So what I would recommend is that you just put in your engagement letter that you respond within 48 hours. Right. And you just train your clients. Like if something's really, really urgent. So if it's look, the only thing that's actually urgent is usually something related to payroll. So that's different. I will make an exception for payroll. And if the client needs to speak to me about something that is that urgent, they're allowed to text me, but they're not allowed to text me for anything else. <laughs> um, and they do, you know, they'll, they'll message me or we have a chat program and they'll say, Hey, I really need to speak to you about this. It's, it's Payroll is nearly the only thing that is allowed um, or something like, yeah, hardly anything is classed as urgent and it's just something you have to train them on. Um, so for me, what I do is I just ignore, I just ignore their email. And then when I check my emails in the afternoon, I will look at the email and then I'll just figure out, okay, like how important do they think it is and how important is it actually? Um, and then just go from there. So stop checking your emails, like, please um, find a new way to do it. And if you can't, if you're like addicted to checking your emails, like I used to be, then just switch out that morning time, daily planning instead of emails and do your emails after lunch. Once you've taken care of all of the important things that you need to take care of in the morning, take care of in the morning, which, so I would say the priorities for the morning for me are making sure that my clients um, work is done and making sure, like not responding to their urgent, supposedly urgent emails, but making sure their work is actually done, prioritizing getting their work done, prioritizing um, making, you know, wor working in my um, mentoring sessions with my clients, making sure that they're cared for and looked after, reaching out to clients and communicating with them as another one. And then also making sure that my team have everything that they need to be able to do a great job. And emails can wait. But emails are afternoon jobs. That's when, you know, that's when you sort out your emails. So the last one, the last area that you need to sort out is rest. We all love to hear this. Take a break, take a nap, have a holiday. Look, no, I, if anyone hates taking breaks, it's me. I like to get really focused in something. I like to get so engrossed that I forget to eat my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just keep working and never take breaks. If I didn't have to take breaks, I, I would, I would, yeah. It's not a good, it's not a good idea. I've learned this the hard way. Like I can tell you by, um, you know, getting to be 20, let's say 25, let's say close to 30 kilos overweight. Um, you know, this is, like let's say after starting my business six years ago, getting myself in a position where I never exercise, hardly ever leave the house, um, overweight, not eating regular meals, haven't had a holiday, like I've had a few holidays now. Um, but when I reached the point of realizing like I need to get out of the house, I need to go out and have a walk, I need to look after my health, like really for a long time I didn't want to hear it. And you might be listening and going, I don't want to hear it either but if you jump back a couple of episodes and listen to me speak to Tim Hoopman he talks about mental health and the reality is that if we don't look after our health 
then, you know, things are not going to go well for us. We're not going to be able to do a good job for our client. And so part of making the upgrade from being an amateur to being a professional means that you have to look after yourself, which means you need to have breaks. Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't take my lunch break until three o'clock. Okay. It used to be four. Okay. So, um, I'm, I've improved. Um, but I do do, I do exercise now. So I've been, I've started an exercise program where I exercise four times a week and it's not like crazy, ridiculous exercise. Like I used to just push myself so hard and then burn out, but now I don't do that anymore. So just some gentle exercise, you know, getting out for walks, eating meals in between, not eating at my desk, you know, um, ha like have a break. Um, if I need to, and then taking little holidays. So not all of us have the luxury of being able to have big holidays, but you know, what I try and do now, at least a couple of times a year is rent an Airbnb in a house that's much tidier and bigger than mine with a swimming pool. Like I just rent my dream house for like a couple of nights, three nights is the most I can go away with tiny little children, um, two kids under four. So we just go local, you know, somewhere within 30 minute drive and we just go on a little three day holiday nice and close so we can drive home and get things if we forget them <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So taking those little breaks can actually really help, but not just taking breaks like holidays, just taking some breaks during the day. Even if it's just to get outside for like five or 10 minutes, sometimes I just go outside and just lie in my backyard for like five minutes. Like just whatever, like get some vitamin D, um, take some supplements. You know, I've started taking a couple of different supplements, like nothing crazy. Um, you know, I did go through a season where I tried every single thing, but there's only some real basics that you need. And the way to work that out is to get a blood test. You know, for me, it's iron and vitamin D. Um, they're two really key ones, but also potassium and magnesium. Um, that they're some of the ones that have helped me. Um, caffeine is another one. So I need to take at least 200 milligrams of caffeine. Um, you'll understand a little bit more of why that has to be in there. If you listen to episode 56, where I share my personal story um, and that, yeah, there's a couple of things that I, you know, regularly include in my uh, diet, but it's really just about also making sure. So for me, it's getting enough fiber. It's drinking, like I drink two liters of water a day, at least, um, even though that hasn't been my favorite in the past, it's just got to be done. Um, and what else? Yeah. Fiber is important. Um, iodine, like having stuff, you know, like really it's this tr tr typical stuff that you've heard of leafy green vegetables. I eat a lot of cabbage. Like I just love cabbage. I'm on a ketogenic diet, um, which is a high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet, um, helps to curb, um, Cravings stabilize blood sugars. It helps me to be able to focus more and manage. It's really good if you've got diabetes, which I don't, but it does. I've heard it's helped with that, but you know, don't take my advice. I'm not a health professional. See a doctor, get some blood tests done, and find out if there's a way that you can get back your health um, and to take care of yourself and to be able to rest your body and your mind. You know, as bookkeepers, we are our minds are our intellectual property. Our 
minds are our machines <laughs> um, and they can break down eventually if we don't actually look after ourselves. And then the other thing is just to change it up. You know, when we talk about calendar blocking, you know, you can review your cal calendar blocks once a month or once a quarter and change up your schedule. You know, I found that really helped me. I've just reinvented my um, calendar blocks again. So I hadn't updated them for a little while because they do get outdated as your priorities change. And so re-updating that um, has, you know, just cleared out some of that mental clutter. Um, you know, um, another one that I'd include under the rest category is, and under, you know, the concept of changing it up is to change your environment a little bit. You know, maybe you need to rearrange your desk or declutter your desk or reorganize your filing system, or maybe you need to go through your computer and clear out all of your digital clutter, do a backup, you know, delete all your old stuff, you know, delete all your old client files that you don't need anymore and things like that. So all of these things can help you to be able to create that space um, to be able to rest um, and, you know, to be able to um, organize your, your week in a way that's going to be productive for you. Um, there is, I'm just looking at my notes. Um, I'm going to add one more. I did say it was going to be four, but I'm going to add one more because I really wanted to talk about um, projects. And so actually I'm going to call like number five, I'm going to call it. Um, so the fifth thing you need to do is finish. So we've covered a few. First thing you need to do is think. Second thing you need to do is plan. Third thing you need to do is focus. Fourth thing you need to do is rest. But fifth thing you need to do is finish. Um, I can't believe I was going to forget to say this, but finishing things is so important if you want to create space. Now, you know, you can listen to my story in the last episode if you want to hear how chronically bad I've been at finishing things. But it was because I never made the distinction between tasks and projects. And when I realised that tasks and projects are different, I realised that, you know, projects are um, a, a longer... So a task is something that you can just quickly do on the spot. You might have a list of tasks that you need to do. Some tasks, most tasks should either tie into a project or they'll just be like your daily routines and things that you need to catch up on. So if you make the distinction as to whether something is a project or a task, then you'll know when to start something and this will help you prioritize as well. So the problem, one of the problems that I ran into was that I thought everything was a task. I didn't know about projects. So I'd go, oh yes, I, I'm just going to set up this um software program, implement this software program in my business, not realizing that this is a multi-step process that takes about six weeks and needs to be broken down into different stages and, you know, that kind of thing. So, for example, when we moved our CRM to HubSpot, it was, it took us 90 hours between myself and the team. We spent 90 hours working on that. Now, in the past, I would have gone task on the to-do list, set up HubSpot. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought three-dimensionally about things. I just thought as everything is the never-ending to-do list. And when I started to realize that there are tasks, so things that can just get done, like on a checklist, and then there's tasks that are formed part of projects. So um, projects are, you know, you need to be able to sustain your energy for longer periods of time so that you can actually finish them. So I'm going to recommend another really good book that I've been reading, and this is what I've named this last section out after. It's called Finish. Give yourself the gift of done. So this is by a guy called John Acuff. Um, ironically, I haven't finished it, <laughs> but I'm still going. I think I'm in the last chapter. I've been listening to it on an audiobook, so I recommend the audiobook because it's nice, easy read. I don't really 
yeah, I usually get the audiobook and the Kindle at certain times because I like to highlight things. But because this guy is a really good talker and explains things really well, I didn't feel that I needed to get both. Um, whereas with the first book I recommended, The Road Less Stupid, I, there was so many things in there that I wanted to refer back to. Whereas Finish, I feel like it's more an inspirational book. So yes, there's tips and ideas in the book that you can implement, but it's more about, he's more encouraging you. So, um, oh gosh, what, when did I, I don't even remember when I started reading that book, but it's actually, um, yeah. The, the thing that I learned from that book, I think is really around dealing with my perfectionism. So I'm the kind of person that I'm like, I don't want to set a goal or a project unless it's like this massive, amazing thing. And so one of the cool things that he says in the book is he says, like, he actually says, cause you know, everyone's telling you, everyone's going, Oh, like 10 X your problem. I mean, not your problem, 10 <laughs> X your goal, like make it 10 times bigger to encourage yourself to get the motivation to do it and aim for the moon and land amongst the stars and all this sort of thing. He's the opposite. He's like, cut the goal in half. Like your goal is, you made the goal so big that you don't actually do it. I'm like, yeah. On you totally understand me. So like if there's anything that I took away from that book is like all these different ways that you can get over per being perfectionistic um, or, you know, I guess another pitfall of mine is that I plan, like I try, I distract myself with planning. Um, you know, like planning is really, really good, but if you do too much of it, mm, it's not so good. So I think the other thing that he, um, gave me permission to do, which is really hard as a perfectionist is to be able to go, I'm not going to finish this project. See you later. And so I like, actually for a while I, I, I did this and then I stopped doing it, but his book reminded me to do it. I, when I would go through my to-do list or sorry, yeah, my, to, my task list, I would categorize things as doing now not doing now and never doing now. And so I've actually re-implemented that because what that will do, you can do this yourself. So just make a list of everything that you're possibly working on or think that you're going to work on one day, maybe whatever, and go through and just write next to them. I, am I doing it now? Am I not doing it now? Or am I never doing it now? And so you'll know the stuff you're doing now is the things that are current that you're working on. Not doing now means I am going to do it, but I'm just not doing it right now. And never doing it now is what those things that are always on the to-do list that never actually get started, never get planned to get started. And they're the things that you feel really guilty about. So I would say just ditch them. Um, so that's what John reminded me to do in his book is that he's, he calls it choosing what to bomb. He's like, like, yeah. So he's talking about these things that you can just, you know, get rid of. Um, I think he uses the green light, red light approach. So actually I also have used that method as well. Um, it's very similar. It's basically the same thing. Like it's just sort of expressed in a different way. So you can make, make it green if you're doing it and um, red if you're never doing it and orange if you're not doing it now. And then that way you can figure out, okay, like I'm never going to start this. I don't even really want to do it that much. It's just a bit of a dream. And then you can cull those things. And what that's going to do is it's not only going to give you space in your calendar, it's going to give you space in your brain and you're going to stop feeling bad about all of those things that you never finished and you'll start to actually finish things. Hooray. So um, that's pretty much taken me to the end of this episode. Like um, I've got a bunch of links that I'm going to share with you. So I've got the road less stupid, 
um, and finish. Give yourself the gift of done. So there's those two books. I'm going to give you The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, even though I've never read it. But if you don't want to read it, like I don't, um, <laughs> then um, supposedly it's a really good book. I'm not bagging it. I'm just already reading about 20. So I want to finish those first, uh, especially want to finish the one called Finish because that would be kind of ironic. But Stephen Covey, yeah, if you don't want to read his book, I'll just put in the link to this thing called The Eisenhower Matrix or you can just Google it. It's on Google. It's just like a little matrix where you categorize things as important or not important or urgent or not urgent. Um, yeah. So anyway, I hope this has been really helpful. If you'd love to join me in my priorities masterclass, um, then I will actually be working through with you to work out things like your big picture, your vision and values. We're going to go through a calendar blocking exercise. Um, and we're going to, um, you know, help you to go through and set that compass at true north so that you can figure out the urgent and important things and you can overcome your distractions and find ways to change it up and, set those projects and finish those projects or bomb the projects, whatever you want to do. So that's what we'll be work working on. So that's going to be the savvybookkeeper.com.au forward slash priorities. I'd love to see you there. Um, and yeah, let's catch up soon and start to create space in your busy week. If you found this help episode helpful, please post a review for me and jump on, um, jump in our Facebook group and say hello if you're not already in there. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Well, I won't see you, but you'll see me um, and you won't see me. You'll hear me um, until then. Stay savvy. Thank you for listening to the bookkeeper's voice. We'll be back next week. So subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit the savvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.